Lord, we can, be, we can be faithless, Lord, but we know that you are faithful. So Lord, now as your word is opened and preached and taught to us, Lord, would we lean in as your church? Lord, I believe that this morning, every morning is never just another checkmark Sunday, Lord, but that you have a divine plan for each of us, Lord. Thank you for your word. Speak to us, Lord. Um, Make us more like Christ today, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Well, good morning, Harvest. Why don't you uh, go ahead and grab uh, your Bible or get your phone out if you've got a Bible on there and turn to, scroll to. Daniel chapter 10 is where we're going to be this morning as we continue in this series in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, it's in the Old Testament. If you, if you get to Psalms, keep going to the right, you'll hit a couple other bigger books there, Isaiah, Ezekiel. You'll eventually find Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. You know, as we jump in, I, I don't know about you, but um, I'm kind of at this place where, aren't you kind of just done with talking about COVID? Like, just so done. Like, every conversation, oh, there's some amens there, right? Amen. Like, it seems never-ending. I'm enjoying getting together with, with people and saying, hey, let's just talk about life. Let's talk about what God's up to. I mean, how about the Leafs? Like, let's talk about something else, right? And, and, and here we, though, we find ourselves, though, still stuck in this, in this season, though, don't we? Not really knowing, hey, wh- when will things actually change? And, and, and nobody actually believes the government anymore when they do, hey, just two more weeks. We're like, we've heard that before. And then let me add to this, as, as we've been in this season of lockdowns and whatnot, there, there are some people who would even say this, they, they would be saying, you know what, the lockdowns aren't actually my struggle. Wearing a mask or, or having to get takeout instead of eating in a restaurant, man, it's, it's small and petty compared to my season that I'm going through. And people would be saying, listen, I, I'm dealing with serious illness in my life or, or in my family, and we don't know how it's going to turn out. Or others who would say, I've, I've lost a spouse, I've, I've lost a parent, and I'm, and I'm mourning deeply. Or others who would say, my, my kid is so far from God, so removed from our family, and I'm, I don't know how God's going to grab their hearts. Or maybe this is where you're at, my, my marriage is falling apart, and I, I don't know how things are going to change. Or, or I'm battling this sin, and I, I don't know if I'm ever going to overcome it. Or, or I'm in an abusive situation, and I'm trying to figure out how to escape. Or my finances are hurting, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And my, my mental health is at an all-time low, and I'm, I'm beginning to lose hope. And then there are others of you, you're here this morning, and you're going, you know what, life's actually been good for me. I mean, some businesses right now, I mean, you're crushing it. You're, you're doing more and better business. You're making more money than you ever had before. Maybe your family is doing great. The lockdown's a bit annoying, but you're doing as good as you can. And yet here's what I would hope. I, I would pray and hope that you could see, even if life is good in this season for you, you can look around and see that it's not that way for everybody. And that you'd be thinking even now, Lord, use me. Use me to bring hope and peace and joy and life and change where I can point others to the hope I have in you. Well, here in Daniel chapter 10, we find this encounter that Daniel has. And and I think what we read here is that Daniel can relate to both types of people. He can relate to those who are suffering because he is. He can also relate to life's actually not so bad, but I can see the suffering going on and his heart's broken. So if you have your Bibles, look at verse 1 of Daniel chapter 10. 
It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. Remember, that was the name that they gave him when they brought him into captivity. They gave him Babylonian names. It says, and the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. We, we read about this in, in chapter 9, just as he was getting these visions of, of what, what was going to come. And it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. So what's going on here? It says it's in the third year of, of the reign of Cyrus. It's Cyrus, another name for Darius, or the same king, king of Persia. Persia had overthrown Babylon. And, and so what do we know from chapter 9? The 70 years are now up. What was prophesied by Jeremiah, that, that the people of Israel would go into captivity, it's now over. They're now allowed to, given permission to go and rebuild the temple. But here's the problem. Why would Daniel be mourning in that time then? We can read about it in the, in the book of Ezra, the first few chapters. We see what's actually historically going on here. Not many people went back to Jerusalem. The rebuilding of the temple really slowed down. There was some opposition. People didn't seem to care. I mean, put it in our context. It, it's like lockdown's lifted, church is open, and, and very few people come back. Or, or there are some obstacles where people say, you know what, I, to wear a mask, that's too hard. To, to, to all the different things that we have to roll in to make this happen, it just doesn't seem like I want to do that. Or, or serving in this season seems too overwhelming. And so Daniel, seeing this going on, he's in a place of fear and sorrow. He's wondering in this moment, God, are, are you even at work anymore? What, what are you doing? And as we unpack this chapter here, we get to see something that radically changed Daniel. And here's my hope. It's going to change us today too. So, so that in this season, the season we're in right now, that we can have a whole new life in this season. And I'm not saying that, that fear and trials are going to disappear. In fact, I'm actually kind of done with that whole coffee mug saying or the, or the Instagram post or the Facebook response where people say, faith over fear, faith over fear. And, and I get it because it, it, it's true. There's a, there's a, it's biblical to say we should have faith over our fear. But this morning what I want us to see is what's the pathway to get there? Because the, the saying alone doesn't really encourage me. How, how do I move from faith, from fear to faith? Because here's what I see. As you look all through scripture, here's, here's what I see. I see people who are given faith in the midst of their fear. It's, it's a psalmist that says, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as I experience this fear and this trial, the, the faith and the fear going together, God, I know you're with me in this. You, you think of Gideon, this mighty man of valor is what the angel calls him. You're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, I'm hiding out right now. And God says, I'll go with you. J Jeremiah, who said, I can't be a prophet, I'm just a youth. And God says, I'll go with you. Moses, who says, I can't lead these people. I can barely speak. And God says, I'll go with you. And here in Daniel, when you look at verse 12 and verse 18, you see those phrases there, fear not. Why would the angel visiting him say, fear not? The reason is this, because he was afraid. He's, he's troubled by his circumstances. So, so what does he do in that fear? And what can we do? Well, here's our first point. If you're taking notes, we seek God in our trial. 
We seek God in the trial. We see it here in Daniel chapter 10. He's, he's on his knees and he's asking God, God, what do we do? The, the 70 years are up. I know that, but, but I also know, God, because you showed me that the, the 70 years of captivity wasn't going to be enough to deal with the sin in our hearts. It wasn't really going to change us. The sin runs too deep, and, and he's seeing it now played out. 70 years are up, and people are like, meh. They're not on mission. They're actually still clinging to Babylon, saying, you know what? The life I have in captivity, it's actually pretty good. I've been changed by Jesus, but I kind of like what the world offers. I've been promised this abundant life of living with, with a joy and the glory of God, and yet we what? We still mess around with the trinkets of idols and selfish desires. And, and so Daniel here sees that. He's mourning. It says he's fasting. He's taking no food. Now here's the crazy thing of that. He says it's in the month of Nisan. He gives the time frame that he's doing this. And if, if you know the Jewish calendar, that's supposed to be the time where they celebrate Passover. It's party time. They're celebrating being released from Egypt. And, and yet what's Daniel doing? He's not partying. He's not feasting. He's fasting. It says he's not putting any oil, no, no lotions. Now most guys are like, big deal. Maybe Pastor Matt would be like, seriously? No hand lotion? I couldn't do that, right? But, but, but what's that really going on? In that time, in that desert climate, to, to not have lotion to take care of their sin, it, it's also their deodorant. So, so this idea of the, the oil that he put on, it's this picture of joy. He's saying, I don't have any joy. And what's he do? He responds to his fear. He responds to the trials around him by seeking the Lord in prayer. And maybe for you right now, you feel like, man, I, I can't do the mission that God's called me to because of everything that's going on in our world, and I, I can't do it. Maybe you're at home sick. Maybe you're in a high-risk category, so you're like, I, I can only watch from online. I don't feel like I'm really connected and doing the work. Look at what Daniel's doing here. Daniel is hard at work. Because we don't just pray about the mission. Prayer is the mission. Prayer is the work. Prayer is what's essential. In fact, I believe this. I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised by some of the people there who have been in battles that we've never seen. Who, who you would say, man, that, that's a warrior, and I had no idea. And I can think of so many in our church. I, I know of, of one lady in our church who has lung issues, can't be here, would love to be a part of worship on Sundays, can't. So you know what she's doing? She says, I spent my days in the Word and praying, just praying for people on mission. I'm so thankful for some of the, the seniors in our church who have been saying, like, I can't do a lot right now. I'm, I'm in that high-risk category. I can't do a bunch, but, man, I'm praying more than I ever have. I've also heard from some families with young kids, and to do a drive-in with young kids, say, man, man, other people might be able to do it, but we couldn't do it. If we, to drive 40 minutes and then park for another hour and a bit, and it just won't happen. But we're watching online. We're leaning, <coughs> we're leaning in. And we're praying, God, use us. Daniel here, he's at work. He's fearful, but he's seeking the Lord. And what happens? You see in verse 4, God answers Daniel's prayer. Look at verse 4. It says, On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked. 
And behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. And then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground." So, so in fear and trials, we seek the Lord. Here's the second point. We, we see and we fear God. We see and we fear God. Now, there's some debate here about, hey, who is this person visiting Daniel? Maybe it's an angel. And, and if the next verses we're going to read as we go on to verse 10, if it's the same person visiting, then yeah, it would have to be an angel because of what we're going to read about this next visit, this next person talking. But, but if they're two different beings, which I believe they are, I think they're two different ones because here's why. I think that this here is a vision of the pre-incarnate Christ. This is Jesus before he came as Jesus in the flesh. This is him appearing to Daniel. Why would I say that? When you read through the description of, of this person appearing to Daniel, it sounds eerily familiar if you've read Revelation. You read Revelation chapter 1, when John sees Jesus in all his glory, it's almost like they're describing the same thing. What do you see? You see this, this being show up clothed in linen, this, this white linen, the, the clothing of a priest, a, a picture of purity. He's wearing a gold belt, the clothing of a king, He's shining brightly. He says, covered in beryl. It's a, it's a gemstone that just reflects so brightly. And then it says, his, his face was like lightning and his eyes had flames of fire. I mean, it's, it's right out of Revelation. It's this, this picture of righteous judgment and holiness. It says his body looked like burnished bronze, this, this picture of lasting strength. His, his voice is strong and loud, like a voice of a, a multitude. In Revelation, it says that it sounded like the voice of rushing waters. And so many people have this diminished view of what Jesus looks like. Well, he's a guy with kind of the flowy hair, the white robe, a blue sash, really nice, super nice. Listen, in the midst of your fear and trials, you need to know who Jesus is. He's not weak and he's not soft. He has power and authority. I mean, Daniel's buddies, they don't even see Jesus. They just feel the presence and they run scared. Daniel falls down unconscious. Like John in Revelation who said, when I saw him, I fell down like I was dead. What's happening is this. Here's what I believe. In our fear, God steps in with a greater fear. A greater fear that overcomes our smaller fears. Because Satan is so good at this. He's so good at lifting up all that's going on around us to make them seem so powerful and huge and all our circumstances seem overwhelming and, and he can make them seem even bigger when he gets our eyes off of God. And so we look at these temporary giants around us of our circumstances and we're filled with fear. Listen, until, until... We see God's glory and God's power. And, and when we see that, it does bring a greater fear. 
And you think about, you think about when the disciples were thinking they were going to die. They're in the middle of a hurricane on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus stands up in the midst of the hurricane and says, Peace. And everything stops. What's their response when Jesus does that? They don't go, oh, whew, thanks, bro. Needed that. No, no. It says they were in fear of Jesus. They were in awe of someone who was greater than a hurricane. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying this. The presence of Christ obliterates our smaller fears. Why? Because we're worshiping the one who's greater than all our fears. So so let's be careful as we read God's word, as we pray, as we gather. Let's not just play church. Do we recognize that that Jesus is in our midst? We're worshiping and serving and praying to a glorious, powerful Savior. And, And the unknowns of our world, it's still scary. You can still have these questions, how is this all gonna play out? As a student, you're wondering, man, will, will school ever be normal again? Maybe you look around and go, will, will our, our community recover? Will our nation recover? Maybe for you, it's not about the, the lockdowns. And you're asking, man, will this sickness be healed? Will, will this relationship be restored? We don't need to ignore the fear. We, we don't need to just distract ourselves from it by, by being involved in other things. We, we don't need to try to get rid of it by, by blind optimism. But here's what we can do. All those what-if questions, we can walk those out to their, to their complete end and go, well, what is the worst-case scenario of all these smaller fears? I love how the Apostle Paul says it. He says, if I live, I can serve Jesus. If I die, the worst outcome ever, if I were to die, I get to see Jesus. Face to face. That's the faith that overcomes our fear. It's it's a faith in Christ alone, a, a faith in the one who will never fail us, a faith in the one who says, I'm the beginning and the end. There's there's no reason to fear anything out there, not people, not circumstances, not our future, because there's nothing outside of the beginning and the end. And Jesus says, I'm all over that. No burden too big, no, no fear too great. Jesus steps in and says, I can handle it all. The only thing that can overcome our earthly fears is a greater fear of the Lord. God, you're great in power. God, God, your name and your fame and your glory is the most important thing in my life. So what do we do? We seek the Lord. We see and we fear the Lord. It's a fear that says you're greater than all of this. Here's the next thing we do. In our fear, in our trials, we see the bigger battle. We, we see the bigger battle that's going on. In fact, you see in verse 10, so D, he, Daniel, unconscious, now, now what happens? He, he feels a touch, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. So he's not done with the fear, though. He's still trying to just stand up. And, and he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I've been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I I stood up trembling. Here's what I think happens. He's unconscious. He sees Jesus just wrecked by the fear and the awesomeness of who this glorious Christ is. He now is being touched, I believe, touched by this angel to now, now stand up, still shaking in fear. And what does the angel say? Daniel, you're greatly loved. 
It's this covenant language. So, so a greater fear takes care of my smaller fears. And now the angel's saying there's a greater love too. God's chosen to pour his love out on you. You don't need to fear that, that God who's awesome and powerful and fearful. He also greatly loves you. Now, I love the song Amazing Grace, how it says this. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." When I, I saw how awesome God was, my heart feared. And then it says this, and grace my fears relieved. I saw his awesomeness and I saw his love. I mean, that's our hope. Now the angel then says, let me give you a big, bigger picture of what's going on, Daniel. Uh, a behind the scenes look at the world around you. So verse 12, it says this. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day you set your heart to understand and, and you humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. And, and, and I've come because of your words. So the angel's saying this, hey, prayer works. Your prayers have been answered. They, they were answered as soon as you started praying. But then, then look what we read in verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. There's a demonic ruler that's been stopping this angel. He says this, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia and, and came to make you understand what has happened to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. And I just read that and go, that is awesome. Because I, I think we can forget this reality. Even as Christians who say we believe in the spiritual realm, we, we forget that this is not all there is. That the, there's a battle that you and I are in and we see the physical of it, but there's also a spiritual reality to this. A battle being waged for the souls of men and women and children. A, a spiritual battle happening. There are demons. There are angels. In fact, I was reading just this week, there was this um, university prof, not, not a believer at all, just a, a professor at Columbia, and he, and he was looking at, at our world, at our culture, and he says this. He says, as history continues to roll on, what we've been saying, what we've been teaching for years, that all evil has natural causes, scientific causes, psychological causes. He says that naturalistic view is beginning to wear thin. Here's what he means. He says this. He says, we, we would say that racism is because there's a lack of education and a lack of culture. Except that death camps and the Holocaust rose out of a very highly educated and highly cultured people. Well, Marxism would say this, that the, the real problem is a social problem. So if we take the means of production and put it in the hands of the people and not the capitalists, and then what happened? Then the proletariat became just as oppressive and even more violent than the ones they overthrew. Here's what this professor is realizing. Here's what we know as Christ followers, as those who can recognize there's something else going on. Evil is not a social problem. It's not an educational problem. It's not a psychological problem. It's a soul problem. So, so as a Christian, you can see the evils of our world and you can say, yeah, there are factors that aggravate that. There are things in our, in our culture, in our world that are going on that can shape that self-centeredness, that can, that can shape the self-absorption, the, the delusion, the insecurity, the, the evil we see, but it's, it's birthed by, it's birthed by sin. It's increased by a spiritual battle that's going on. That there truly is evil in our world. 
Now I think about this, like, like you look at COVID, and, and COVID is for sure a physical thing. Lockdowns, there's a physical thing that's going on, but, but do you see the spiritual battle as well? I mean, have you been kind of looking and seeing how Satan is using something like this virus and these lockdowns? Now, I see three big ways Satan's using it right now in a, in a very spiritual sense. I think he's using it to discourage. When we begin to believe the lies that God's not in control, when, when we put our hope in, in the here now, when, when these foundations now are being shaken by what's going on, we get discouraged. And Satan's at work in that, discouraging hearts. I think Satan's using this time right now to distract that, that, that there's a spiritual attack through what's going on in our culture today that's distracting. Where, where I would ask this, is your focus more on lockdowns or on Jesus? Are, are you consuming more media or his word? Are you speaking more about COVID or about the hope you have in Christ? Are, are you more or less on mission in this season? I mean, if there really is a spiritual battle going on in all of this, I mean, Paul says to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy, he says, listen, if you're really at war, don't get caught up in civilian affairs. Don't be distracted. Don't, don't be distracted by the limitations that are being put on us. Don't, don't be distracted. But, but see the power of God, that God is not limited by a government or by a virus. Let's not be distracted. I also see this part of the spiritual battle of our day right now is that Satan's using something as simple as a virus and a lockdown to divide us. I'm shocked by how easy Satan's used this season to divide the church. People leaving churches over, over opinions on masks and vaccinations. I mean, if you don't see that there's something spiritual going on, just saying that seems so ridiculous, doesn't it? And yet you have to realize that Satan's at work to divide. There's a spiritual war being waged. Paul, Paul says it this way in Ephesians, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenlies. He says, that's our struggle. In fact, that, that word struggle there, it's, it's a very particular word Paul chose in the Greek. It, it's not like some stylized fight. It's not like swords and, or guns. It is no weapons on the ground, hand to hand. Picture the, the, the desperate life and death kind of wrestle that this is. We need to open our eyes and see what's really going on. There's a battle being waged. Here's our last point for this morning. What do we do with all of this then? If, if we're seeking the Lord, we're, we're, we're seeing him and his power and glory. We see there's another war that's going on in this. What do we do? Here's our last point. We join this battle with faith. We join this battle with faith even in the midst of our fear. I love that Daniel was actually already in the battle. I mean, it says he prayed for 21 days, but we know as we were going through this book of Daniel, he's been praying for 70 years. But in this case, imagine if, imagine if Daniel praying for these 21 days, what if he stopped on like day 19 and said, I'm done? What if he was so discouraged? What if he was so distracted? What if he was so divided? You wonder, man, would, would, would Michael have come? I don't know. 
But, but I do know this, Scripture's so clear that there are some things that God answers in response only to persistent prayer. So maybe for you, there's a, a, something going on in your life. Maybe it's even beyond this whole COVID season. You're like, man, I've been praying for weeks and months and years. Let me encourage you. Keep praying. Keep praying. Now, there might come a time where God so clearly reveals to you, hey, hey, stop praying about that thing. I've got a whole other plan. Pray differently than that. But listen, the call is this. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep calling out to him. And if there's something you're sure, you're in the word and you know this is what God's called me to pray for, this is what God wants, then don't give up. Keep praying. We're in a battle. So we pray. We pray, but here's the other thing. We also act. We act. We live differently because we recognize we're in a war. Like Here's what I imagine. I imagine, imagine all of us are Daniel and this angel shows up. And he shows up just, just, you can tell he's been in battle. Just mud and blood. He's breathing heavy. He's wore out. And he comes and he sees Christians. He sees the church of today. And here's the question I would ask. Are you in the fight with him? Would he look and say, man, you've been battling with me. Or are we so distracted? Do, do we so think we're in a time of peace that he shows up and we're kicking back, sipping on mimosas in the middle of the battlefield? We know we have a hope that cannot be taken away, but it's not a hope that we squander just for ourselves. It's to be so filled with that hope. It's to have that joy of our salvation that, that we say, man, I gotta make sure this hope goes everywhere. I, I, I love God so much. He loves me even more, man. I, I gotta give everything to him and I, I gotta go and, and live my life for him. Yeah, I'm scared, but I have a joy and a faith in Jesus that makes me want to jump into the battle knowing that others can find this same joy that I've got. And then what happens when that battle is hard though? What happens as we jump in and, and it gets hard and the trials come and the fear sets in? And I was talking about with somebody just yesterday and they were, telling us, Libby and I were just talking with them, they were telling us stories of, of their life. They, they were actually were, grew up in a war-torn country, so COVID for them is like, this is nothing, right? And, and yet they were telling the story of when you recognize that you're on a mission, that there's a battle going on, here's what it changes. He was saying that his dad used to work in the prisons, sharing the gospel, until he got cancer. And removed from this ministry he loved so much, he was in the battle, cancer hits, he's removed. Here's what he thought. He didn't think, oh man, I'm out of the battle now. You know what he said? He said, God's moved me. He needed me in the hospital because apparently there's a battle raging for doctors and nurses as well. So he goes, I've just been shifted. I've just been deployed to another place. And he said this, because of, of his age and the cancer, he was no longer able to drive anymore, so he lost his license. And he said in that trial, he goes, God must have a mission to taxi drivers. Because now I've been deployed into taxis with the good news of the hope of Jesus Christ. So listen, listen, let's not stop because of a virus. We just have a new mission. Let's not stop because of a trial we're in, but we can look at the trial and go, God, what's the new mission you have me on right now? What are you calling me to today? And Daniel moves out into this fearful place, into the battle. And you, you read the rest of the verses in this chapter, and you can still see Daniel is filled with fear as he steps out. But look at verse 19. 
the angel says, oh man, greatly loved. There it is again, greatly loved. Fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And it says this, as he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. The battle is gonna continue to rage on, but there's courage we can have. Why? Because Jesus is victorious, because God promises us victory in this battle. Just as weak as a family, we were, we were reading in Romans chapter 8, where, where it says this, God did not spare his only son. How will he not then graciously give us all things? You catching the promise there, that promise of victory? God didn't hold back, didn't spare his own son. You, you, you see that? That's a, a working out of the promise that Daniel heard. Daniel heard here, you who are greatly loved. Now that love's explained even more in Romans 8, right? Where, where now it's saying, listen, a love that took away the only barrier between us and God, the love that took away the barrier between death and life, what was it? The love of God in giving up his only son, that, that Jesus would come and die on our behalf to bring us new life, and it changes everything. Because we can read that verse now and go, wait a minute, God, you took care of my greatest problem at the cost of your own son. I can move out now knowing you're going to graciously give me everything else I need. And I may not experience it today. It, it may not be until I see you in glory, but I have an eternal hope and a hope now that I get to hold out to the rest of the world. So the world can look in. Listen, is the world looking in on our lives and saying, you have a joy when everybody else is so angry? You have a peace when everybody else is so worried. You have a love when everyone else is fighting for their own thing. Listen, I've been thinking about this a lot over these last few weeks. That, that here I am, I'm, I'm standing on a trailer with this goofy makeshift tarp covering. You're in a parking lot and I'm facing this beautiful building that we can't fully use. And in this, you know what I see? I hear God saying, fear not. I can do a work you never could have imagined from a makeshift stage in a parking lot with people who know they have a hope and a joy and a peace that spurs them to go out of here. Yes, even from their cars to go out with the message of the gospel. Amen. So in your fear, in your uncertainty, what are you gonna hold on to? Is, is it a, a hope that this season's going to end soon? Or is it the hope of your redemption? A hope that's so much greater. Listen, a hope that those around you, a hope that even some here with you need to so desperately hear and see. Practically then, how do we move out from here? How, how do you apply this? Well, let me give you some homework really quickly, all right? Here's your homework. When you go home, and, and, and maybe you do this today as you go home and you're sitting around eating lunch, here's my challenge, right? And, and for you who are watching online, you could rock this out right away. You can do this right away. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get everybody's input who's with you, whether it's your spouse and you're, you're married, whether it's some friends. Maybe you have to call somebody because you're here alone. You're like, man, I'm gonna call some people or with your family, and here's what, you want, here's what I want you to do. Ask this question. Hey, what can we be praying about in this season? Who can we be praying for in this season? 
Now let me take it a step further. So it's pray and act. So, so here's the next question. What can we do this week? How, how can God use us in the battle right now? I mean, for real, let's ask each other these questions. Because you, you see what's going on in the book of Daniel. Daniel's pointing us to what we would call the end times, right? So here's what I want you to do. As you're asking these questions, here's your other homework. Write down this passage of scripture so you can look this up and make it part of the discussion. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 9. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 9. As you're walking this stuff out, go to 1 Peter 4, 7 to 9. Why is that? Because if Daniel's pointing us to, hey, it's about the end times. Here's what 1 Peter 4, 7 to 9 says. The end of all things is near. I mean, have you heard people talk about this? Are you seeing this like on, on Christian Facebooks and, and people who on Twitter and, and, and TikTok or whatever you follow, right? And they're saying, man, this is it, man. This is the end times. We're, we're living in it right now. And, and I don't know, we might be. I do know this. Every day we're one step closer, right? We, we do know that, right? Jesus is coming back. So, so this verse is true. The end of all things is near. So what do we do then? What do we do? And so, so Peter goes on. So be alert and of sober mind. Be alert. Don't go on like life is normal. There's a battle raging. The end is near. So what do we do then? Okay, I'm alert. I have sober mind so that you may, and here's what Peter says, so that you may pray. So who are you praying for? The opposite of this is we look to ourselves, we look to the world, we put our hope in our government, but, but let's, let's shift our lives, let's, let's shift our schedules like Daniel, and in the fear and the uncertainty, knowing there's a battle, let's pray. Pray alone, pray with our spouses, pray with our friends, pray with our families. So it says, what do we do? We pray, and then, then Peter says this, we pray, we love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Satan's using this season to divide people. Let's not do it. Let, let's love each other deeply. Let's not be distracted any longer. Let, let's let scripture, not social media, be our food and our guide, that we would love each other deeply. Then he goes on, says this, so love each other deeply, offer hospitality to one another. Don't hide out. Don't, don't fight for your own rights. But instead, listen, phone, reach out, drop stuff off. A lockdown changes things a little bit, but it doesn't stop it. So as you're praying, what can we do this week? Maybe here's your thing. Hey, who can we love on this week? Who can we show hospitality to? Here's the last one, and it's the hardest one, I think, maybe. Peter says, love each other deeply. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Ah, I don't like that one. I mean, have you been on social media? There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of grumbling. This word grumbling, it, it, it can be translated as murmuring. The, the same thing the Israelites were doing in the wilderness. Where our hearts are quietly angry at God, angry at our situation, and it's coming out. It's overflowing into complaining. This is the battle we're in. So what do we do? What are we going to do? We're going to step out. We're going to pray. We're going to love. We're going to serve. And we're going to have joy. Pray, love, serve, have joy. Which one of these will God be pressing in on you? Maybe even today as you talk these out. And you're saying, man, God's telling me start there. 
I want to pray. I want to love. I want to serve. I want to have joy. I want to, like we're singing in worship just before I got up here, that we would, we would hold on to all the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We weren't promised an easy life. In fact, Jesus said it would be the opposite. You'd see opposition and trials and hardships. But, but what do we do? We rest in the promises. The promises says your greatest problem's been taken care of. You've been made new. You've been brought near if you're in Christ. You're God's beloved. We hold on to the promise that we can have peace and hope and joy and a joy that our trials can't touch. That's a promise. We're, we're promised God's presence. So that in the seasons of solitude, you're not actually isolated. You're, you're still within the presence of God. We're, we're promised a God who hears and answers our prayers. We're promised a God who will multiply our small efforts, even this week. If God says, hey, let's do this as a family. Do this as a couple. Do this to, on mission. And you're like, but it's so small. God takes those fishes and loaves of bread and he multiplies them into miraculous results where lives are changed, where communities can be transformed. Let's own that promise. Pray, love, serve, have joy. Let's not be distracted anymore. Let's not be divided anymore. There's a battle raging. The stakes are way too high. So in your fear, church, let's step out. Let, let's step out in faith. Let me pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for our church. God, I thank you for the hope and the joy and the peace. But God, right now it's being shaken a little bit. So God, I pray that we would, we would even today, Lord, we would take up this challenge. We would talk together, whether it be family or friends or, or whomever, God, that we would gather together and say, God, who can we pray for right now? What can we be praying about? God, what's it gonna look like this week for us to love and show hospitality? Practically, Lord, what can we do? God, we don't just want to talk about it anymore. We want to do it. We want to bring food. We want to bring hope. We want to bring life. We want to come alongside people. And God, would you fill us with joy? Lord, so that our, our communication, our social media, the way we greet people in town, the when we bump into people, and, and God, tensions are high, but God, that we would be a people of joy where people would say, man, I want that. And we have a joy because we know, God, you did not spare your own son. So how much more will you graciously give us all things? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you so much. Have a great week. And, 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 and I'm looking forward to hearing what God does as we lean into this together. Amen. All right.